Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's Chris here. I'm very excited to present today's episode. Had a great conversation with a very good and old friend of mine, Jessica Brown. She is somebody who I've been talking with off and on since since the tragedy with George Floyd. She's she's very highly intelligent person who I, 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 I feel privileged to be able to present this conversation because she's able to communicate some of the, some of the issues that are, are really uh, critical in our country right now and able to do it in a much better, a clearer way than I could ever hope to do it. So uh, without further ado, uh, please enjoy. So how's it going? It's good to see you. Going great. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so you you and I go back a little ways. We yes. We know each other from from high school. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did we meet each other freshman year in high school in Avid or? I think so. Okay. Um, I think okay. so. Where you were in Avid from the beginning, right? Yes, with Miss O'Coral. Miss O'Coral, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the original, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I really appreciate you uh, coming on with me today. Um, I obviously reached out to to you um, about what was going on with the George Floyd situation and Black Lives Matter. And uh, obviously, I've been talking a little bit about it on my podcast. I think it's just super important. And uh, it's, it feels like such a pivotal moment in in our in our country right now it's like we're either you're either on one side or the other it doesn't seem like there's a lot of middle ground sure um, yeah so yeah I, I I'm glad that you were able to come and and talk I, I I know you're you're very active in uh in this conversation and one of the things that I've been hearing a lot is that it's it's a time for people like me to listen um, but at the same time, also speak up. So I'm, I'm trying to do my part, speaking up to the people that need to be heard. Yeah. But I also wanted to give you this, this forum to say whatever you felt you needed to say. Sure. Uh, to, yeah. to, to white America or to America in general or, uh-huh. you know, any, anything that you wanted to, to share. Um, yeah, well, one thing I'll, I'll start off with, with, well, thank you for letting me be a part of your, your podcast. It's, it's amazing that you're able to do this. I mean, I feel like podcasts now are like um, the wave of really getting good information. They're, they've taken over, you know, what the news used to be. And right. so it's, it's great to be a part of um, a, a platform where you can actually have a dialogue and be able to reach people everywhere. Um, Definitely. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. Um, I think what you asked me, what would I want white people to know? <laughs> um, yeah. it, it's so much. I think what we need to know as Americans, though, is that racism is something, and I, when I talk about racism, I mean systematic racism, right? Where it, right. it is impacting policies, um, education, health, um, the criminalization of, of black people. I mean, if you look across the board, things, these are things that people can look up on Google, but African-Americans, Black Americans suffer the worst across all aspects of life. So we talk about um, educational attainment, um, you know, health, 
um, wellness, mental health, um, wage gap is complete is 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 uh, extreme wealth gap um, economic advancement all of that is usually on the lower scale for African Americans I think the average income in this country for African Americans is 30 is I'm sorry 47,000 K I believe um, mm-hmm. which that is barely enough to live off of right. I say all that to say um, when we think about racism it is something that has been so ingrained in our society from our our uh, our laws, our um, our art, <laughs> our science, right. um, you know, um, how we, our socialism, it's all been um, manufactured um, to create this division between white and blacks. Um, right. We used to always talk about, oh, it's a classism thing. And, and, and no, it's actually not really when you think about it. And, and I'll talk more about that too when we talk about white privilege. But um, classism, racism, they all intersect for Black Americans. Um, and I think if people really unpacked, and not just white Americans, but Americans in general, who really looked at our history, looked at, look at our laws, look at how our country was formed, um, and how we've been engaging with each other, we would understand that this is not just a Black problem. This is an American problem. Um, right. You know, African-Americans, Native Americans, um, we always, there's always this pushback on why we talk about Black versus white, right? Um, And the reason that is, is because outside of Native Americans, Black Americans are the only groups, only group that has had multiple laws um, to oppress them and to make them not human. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there was even a law, um, and I don't, I'm not going to know the year, unfortunately, but I would say since the inception of this country, there's been this push to separate uh, white versus black. Right. I think we talked a little bit about this. Um, excuse me if I'm rambling, but we talked about yeah. the indentured servants, right? Right. And, um, so, you and know. The three-fifths compromise, right? That was around that time, too. Yeah, that was yeah. around that, comp- that time, too. So this, yeah. this is where you start to see. That's this- a compromise. I'm sorry, but that's a compromise, right? Three-fifths right. of a person is a compromise. That's where you're starting the negotiations at, right? Yeah, and that's really that three-fifth compromise is to say who is human and who is not. So right. who is worthy and who is not worthy of human life. And right. The only way that um, this was shaped was based off of the skin color, right? Because outside of that, you know, there were white indigenous servants that were coming to America and, and African indigenous servants that were coming over here to work on plantation farms. But the plantation farms were had such harsh conditions, a lot of people were escaping. But they weren't actually slaves, they were just servants, so they could right. get their freedom after a certain period of time and get land. But the conditions were so harsh that people started people started to run away, white and black. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a period of time where both white and black indigenous servants lived in the same area. Um, but what happened is because people started started leaving and escaping, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, these plantation farms started losing money. Um, so they had this political power to start enacting again law to say, okay, who do we want to be able to say that they have to be a servant for life? And this is where you'll see some of these court cases where um, we had, um, and I don't know that I don't have the names, but I'd be happy to send you the link. <laughs> There's this podcast called Uncivil uh, that goes over this and that's amazing. But you have a case where you have an African-American man um, and two white indigenous servants 
they escaped a plantation farm because it was the harsh conditions. Mm -hmm. um, they were taken to court um, or taken, you know, sentencing after they were captured. And they basically, you know, the laws allowed for the white indigent services to, servants to be free, um, but kept the black indigent servant and decided mm -hmm. that that would mean that if you were black, you had to be a slave for life. Um, and this um, is no, no other, no other um, reasoning, but your skin color. <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, when we think about, like I said, when we go back into history, um, yeah. when we look at the laws, you know, we look at the science that would say that black people were inferior um, to white um, right. and their brains are smaller and they're, you know, they're savages. You have all these people writing these, creating this narrative, if you will, Right. to justify um, the need to have people enslaved. Um, and that's the same thing with using Christianity as a, as a weapon um, mm -hmm. to just, again, justify the mistreatment. I mean, there, there were laws where if you, if you were Black, you could not testify against a white man in court. So if you saw a white man doing something wrong or you know, killing someone, you could not testify against them. Um, and that could even include, include a Native American person or an Asian person. They could mm. not testify against a white man. There are laws that said you can rape a black woman and maybe not say that explicitly, but that right. black woman was not, um, uh, did not have rights. They weren't a person. They, you, had a, you had the right to rape this, this property. Um, there were laws that, were, that, were, um, that prohibit and really to protect white women who would kill black children. Um, so there were laws to protect them for that. There were, there were just right. tons of laws that really divided who was worthy of human life and who wasn't. And again, that is truly embedded in our culture. Mm -hmm. This is, like I said, it's not just a, um, uh, a thing that has just happened overnight. This is, this has taken centuries and decades, um, right. the part to where, um, we now have it to where basically people can't see why this oppression exists in, in the Black community because it's been right. so normalized. Uh, yeah. That was long. <laughs> I, but... I have stuff to say, but I, I just, I, uh, that would be the, the main thing that I want white people, white people, people to understand is that yeah. your conditioning and what you think of Black people has been told to you, has been yes. shaped to you. It has not been something um, that Black people have made you think of them. It's, it's what you've been, what has been taught over and over and over again. Uh, uh, the right. lack of knowledge, like we talked about, it not actually being common knowledge in history classes about how slavery yeah really went down in the South and how it actually helped build nor the North as well too. So um, I would just say one, learn your history and then two, start thinking, not, not you. I, I want white people to start thinking this as a humanity issue versus just a black and white issue. Yes, right. no racism has been shaped and manufactured, but also see like these are um, human conditions. We are in a country, a country that's supposed to be wealthy. And right. if you treat one group of citizens who are, Amer you know, who are citizens, um, who contribute to society, <laughs> not that that should mean anything, but, you know, um, and you're not paying them equally, or you're not providing them health care that they deserve, or, um, you know, there's police brutality towards this group. Um, this is a humanity issue. It's not right. just 
a black versus white issue. It, right. it should actually put fear in all of us that these things are happening to a group of people just because of the skin of their the color of their skin. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, uh, you, you said that just so beautifully and eloquently and uh, I, 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 to, in a, in a way that I wouldn't have been able to, to give justice to what you were saying. Um, I, I, I think to your point also really education has failed us uh, yeah. so, so much. I know when we, we talked offline a few weeks ago and I was just saying how, you know, I grew up thinking that racism didn't exist anymore. Because right. All the more, all the more direct, you know, blacks can drink this water, whites drink this water and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, no black service here. Those are the more, and I, I mean, I think in the South, a lot of that stuff definitely still does exist, but, sure. um, but, it, but in general, like, and you know, we live in California, we're in a more progressive area. I, I, I don't see a lot of that direct, blatant, but I think to, to your point is it's, it exists in, in such a, it's such a conditioned uh, response in us that, that we don't recognize it if it's not, I mean, there are still people that don't think that race was, had anything to do with what happened to George Floyd. I mean, that's, that's how in denial we are as a people um, that, that I, I, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the conditioning is, is there um, that, uh, you know, I think of it almost like a, um, almost like a sports analogy. If, if you were held back for, you know, three quarters of the game and the other team was allowed to score and score and score, and then you start the fourth, fourth quarter, that's, that's kind of where we are right now. And people just will think, well, we're all, all that's what happened in the first three quarters. That's gone. That's in the past. (laughs) But it still impacts what's happening today. I, I just think it's incredibly naive to think that, I mean, for, for 400 years, Mm-hmm. since since blacks came here and were enslaved it's only been a, 150 years that they weren't i mean for, forget about uh the civil rights movement and, and voting rights act and all that stuff but even just slavery it's yeah. it's 60 60 plus percent of the time that slavery has been in existence i just i don't see how someone could think that the remnants of that aren't still in oh yeah embedded in our system right yeah, well, technically, by law, we've only been, and this is this is talking about, like, escaping Jim Crow and also mm-hmm. slavery, right? Uh, we really only have had laws to protect our human rights for the last 54 years. Sure. That, that's not a long time. I mean, that's my mom's age. And I'm, and right. I'm including not only the Civil Rights Act that was, um, that was in, in uh, 1964, but I'm including Brown Brown versus the Board of Education, which was in 1954, I believe. So mm-hmm. from those laws being passed, where now we can have you know integrated schools, we're desegregating right. you know the South. Um, you know, we really have only been able to you know enjoy, I want to say enjoy, engage in American you know civil liberties for the last 54. 54, 60, 64, 54 years. Yeah. Um, and I would actually say 64. Yeah, 54 years. Um, right. So it, it hasn't been that long. And, um, you know, the thing with with us, right, is like you said, we, we haven't been, sorry, my baby might be crying in the background. Um, we haven't um, discussed these things 
clearly in history. I, I was just thinking right. in this day, I was like, well, what what's the difference between now and like when Rodney King happened or like, you know, um, the OJ child happened? What the, what's the difference? And the difference is we're not, we haven't been distracted. You know, we're having yeah. to be at home. We don't have basketball going on we're not able to go to the movies we're having to be at home and to really think about these things which is causing such an uproar right we're like, we're, people have lost jobs people aren't able to go to school it's really COVID-19 has really impacted the inhumane conditions that black people have been living with for their entire since they were kidnapped and brought to America yeah. um and so, um, you know, I think our education system has done a disservice, but also our, again, our society, because, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, as a little kid, what was I, what, or as a, a young adult, a young teenager, you know, why didn't I know some of these things? I'm like, oh, because I was too, too busy paying attention to Disney movies, right? <laughs> or, right? Or thinking, oh, I live in California. It's not that way. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, as I became an adult, I can see where there were there were little things that may not be blatant racist things, where right. you know, someone calling you the N word or like burning a cross outside your house. But there are things like you know, I if I were to qualify for a housing loan, I'm going to get a charge of a higher interest rate by a bank because I'm black. Right. Or if I go see a home, let's say I'm you know trying to purchase a home, and the person selling the home happens to be white, and they see that I'm black you know, um, they may not sell the home to me or like, right. um, you know, in the Bay Area, they had a lot of redlining issues. So there's a lot of black neighborhoods that were created and they're mostly in industrial areas where there's a lot of pollution, um, where there's like lack of parks. Um, that's where all they push all the black people to live, black and brown people. And that's the same thing I would say in, you know, our hometown. If you right. go to like South Sacramento, where the industrial areas are, mm -hmm. uh, you'll see that it's majority black communities. So, you know, having these redlining um policies, if you will, um, that says you can't move to a certain neighborhood because you are basically of a certain background. Um, those are the ways that they have been done systematically within like yeah. the, uh, the northern states. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so like you said, you can't see it because in, in your world, you know, things are equitable for everybody. You know, we went to a very diverse high school. Um, where I wouldn't have known that people were, <laughs> you know, going to these things. But, you know, like I had mentioned to you before, we had that young man who was beaten by the police for driving his mom's Lexus. Or, um, mm. you know, we can look at the, the dropout rates or the um, uh, graduation rates of, of Black people in that, in that school district. You know, how many of them right. were Black? How many went on to get further education? I mean, right. Abbott was created essentially to help people, help young people graduate and think about school and really help young people of color or young people right. who may have needed a little extra push, you know? So, right. um, yeah, it, it's just, it was done very secretly, I would say, in California mm -hmm. and still to this day. It's yeah. very systematic, very policy-based. Yeah, wow, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I... I you know, and I, like I said, I'm I'm trying to educate myself on this as well, and and it's not something that you necessarily think about until you really start researching it. Uh, yeah. But things like like uh, the interest rate that you give to to black people versus white people is not something that's mm -hmm. necessarily going to be readily known, uh, you know, by people at large if if yeah. they're not 
being told that. And as you said earlier, like our education system de definitely doesn't do its part to try to uh, fill those gaps. Uh, yeah, I, you know, uh, and unfortunately, this and this is for everybody, there's been this pull your boots up by your uh, bootstrap mentality that isn't actually right. true. Right. Um, right. And so we, we live in a country where we say, well, you know, you got to pull yourself from the ground up. Uh, my grandfather did it. You know, my so-and-so did it. But what they don't tell you is that for when it comes to for white people, you know, they had a lot of opportunities, even even back in the day. Right. You know, right. If you have someone that's willing to give you a loan, like, you know, a lot of veterans came back from World War II. They had access to homes. They had access to, you know, really to wealth. That's not mm -hmm. true for some of the black veterans that went over to World War II or Vietnam. They came home right. having to deal with the same discrimination that they had to leave, that, that they left with. So yeah. like you mentioned earlier, that, that playing field has never been equal. So right. um, it's easy to say, pull yourself up by the bootstraps or I don't want my tax dollars going to those people when you really never had to really suffer, right? And this is where we mm -hmm. come with the white privilege thing and why it's so hard right. for some white Americans to understand what white privilege means because it doesn't right. mean that you've never struggled. Right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that you've never had adversity in your life. Yes, there there are poor whites just like there are poor blacks. The majority of white people are on welfare than black people. So that's not what white privilege is saying. The difference is that as a white person, regardless of your class, you were able to walk into a building, you were able to walk anywhere and not be harassed by the police, not right. followed in a store. Um, right. You could, for example, where I work at professionally, which I won't mention on here, you know, we could have someone who has a criminal record, who's been addicted to drugs, um, they can still get a job in there, in that department or in that, that sector. Um, with no problem and their criminal history would never be an issue um, for that white person right if it were a black person that's not the same hmm. so um, if I'm a poor if I'm poor if I have a criminal record I'm not gonna get a job and I'm if I get a job it's gonna be paid at a very low rage wage um, and it's going to be, um, you know, usually at the front line, I, I wouldn't be able to get into management, you right. know, unless I had, you know, had to work my way up there. So there's a, there's a privilege with being white. There, there are things that as a white person, you may not have to think about um, versus what I have to think about. And that's what white right. privilege really means. Um, right. It's not about class. It's not about um, saying that your uh, experience and facing you know, any adversity isn't valid. It's just saying there are certain things that you do not have to think about that I do. Or yeah. worry about that, that I do. Um, it's almost like with men versus women, right? Mm -hmm. if, we, if we talk, you know, uh, I was always taught that when I go out, I have to make sure I have my drink with me all the time. As mm -hmm. a young man, are, have you been told that? <laughs> you know, yeah. and the, you know, men are never taught like, oh, you have to make sure you hold your drink or if you put your drink down, get a new one because somebody might right. have put a in it. Well, that is privilege that you have as a male. And the same thing as like white privilege. It, it's, it's, it's interesting too, like the point you bring up, it's it, even, the, even in our terminology, our, our, the way we discuss these things, right? Because I think of yeah. boys will be boys, but then right. it's like 
with a woman, it's like, well, what were you wearing? Yes. And, yeah. and absolutely. Yeah. Like it's the same kind of the same thing. I I'm cognizant mm-hmm. of the fact that as a, I'm a straight white male, like I'm in the most privileged group there is. I, I, I can see that. I think it takes a little bit of just empathy to be right. able to, you know, and that gets back to what we were talking about before. Um, I, I don't necessarily have to experience right. to, to, to get it. I, mm-hmm. you, you can channel something like you can have, you, you have something in your life that you can channel to, to get that empathy for what the other right. person is going through. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, there seems to be a lot of people um, that, that don't seem to be able to do that. And yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's also because again, it's the socialization of whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is white? What does it mean to be white? What, 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 what does that actually mean? Right. And, and it means what it's been socialized to mean is that there is a, you're, there's superiority to everybody right. else. Right. right? <laughs> and so when you have that, that protection, if you will, that, that complex of being superior, no, these are things that you don't have to think about. You don't actually right. have to have empathy for somebody because at the end of the day, you're going to be okay. You know, and I think right. that's the, that's the disservice that racism has done for white people is it has Mm -hmm. um, put some white people in a, in black people too, in a bubble of thinking that, like you said, things are okay. And things are, things, those bad things could never happen to to me or or could never happen to anybody. Right. Because if you just follow the rules, if you just, you know, do what you're told, get that education, be a, be a law-abiding citizen, you could avoid all of these things. And that's not actually right. true. Right. It's like you said, it's like telling a, a rape victim, oh, you should have wore longer pants and you yeah. wouldn't have that happen to you. You know, yeah. it's, it's the same thing with a Black person. When we, when we tell Black people, well, when the police pull you over, you make sure that you don't talk back or that you, you follow their directions. I will tell you as a representative from the Black community, our parents have had those talks with us about how to engage with the police. Mm-hmm. It is very rare that a black person would be acting crazy towards a police officer because sure. we have been told we could be killed, we could right. be beaten, we could be put in jail. And so, um, you know, following the rules, yes, you know, I think that's been embedded, embedded in the black community probably a little bit too much. Um, but it, it wouldn't matter, right? Because there's several examples of young black men and young black women being killed by the police who were following the rules, right? Like Breonna Taylor sleeping in was bed. sleeping in her bed. She wasn't doing anything yeah, <laughs> and yeah. she was killed. So I, you know, it's, it, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough complex um, conversation. It, it's going to be a, ongoing dialogue about how we can dismantle these things but it will have to start with us just trying to i don't know if you will like get out of the matrix (laughs) yeah Yeah. we have because we've been we've been again brainwashed and right now with COVID, we do not have those distractions to keep us distracted from what's happening you know i i can see someone uh, being killed, I hear about a bombing happening in some place, and say, "Oh, that's sad," and mourn for a minute, and then go right back to like, "Who's playing in the finals?" You know, and that's yeah. not happening right now. Now we have to really sit with our, with honestly, our sins uh, in, yeah. of this country. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I. I, 
I definitely hear what you're saying and I, I appreciate you being so, so open. Um, you know, obviously we were, we were, I was going to ask you a little bit about white privilege, but you kind of, you kind of addressed it. Um, I think, I, I think I was just coming at it with a place of, I, you know, playing from the other side. Like, Go I on. think, I think people feel a certain animosity towards the idea of white privilege, but it's mm -hmm. kind of, as you said, it's not, it's not saying that you haven't struggled. Right. It's, it's pointing out that there are certain hurdles that exist that you don't necessarily know about because you don't experience them. So you don't right. even, like you said, you don't know that they're there. And right. I also, I really liked what you said about, about, about history, about, about our, our black forefathers who maybe fought in wars and came back and faced discrimination. Those are, again, the intangibles that we don't see right here, right. but it absolutely, it held them back and it absolutely would, would have that effect on their family, right? Going down yeah. the line, yeah. how, how yeah. could it not? You know, you, you, you live on to the legacy of, of the people that came before you. Right. Uh, obviously, you would hope that it, it's gotten better comparatively but it, it it's not yeah. on and I just it's I, I don't know it's crazy to me that that people can think that it is gone yeah well imagine being a you know you know you're in this country right you first you're, you're kidnapped from your from your own country yeah mm -hmm. uh, you're brought over to a very new country you're you're broken down your families are broken up like right. you are property you are not a person so that means I can sell you, I can sell your children, I can, I can rape your wives, I can do all this stuff to you, right? Somehow we overcome that to now go into a system, a caste system of Jim Crow, where now slavery is over. Um, however, you're not actually technically free. You can still, you can, you can be a sharecropper and we'll pay you still very less. Um, also, too, if you look back then, too, when after slavery, this is when mass incarceration goes up. Um, I was actually going to say that, yeah. Yeah, because the right. South had to say, well, how are we going to get all this free labor that we right. had before to build our economy? So now we got to start putting these people in prison. Prisons um, are legalized slavery, right? Yep, Isn't that the legalized, idea? Yep. Yes, the 13th Amendment, right? You are free until you commit yeah. some crime. Then you are property of the state. I actually just watched 13 too, uh, the yeah. documentary and uh, very eye-opening. Um, yeah, I, 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 for someone like me who I consider myself, you know, well-learned and researched and, and empathetic, I learned a, a lot from that movie yeah. that I, I didn't know. Even just now, some of the, I've learned things from you just now that I didn't know. Uh, yeah. So it, it tells me that if, if I'm a person that is trying to make a, a concerted effort and there's still things that I need to learn, then what, what about these people that just don't think that white privilege even exists? Yeah. Uh, it's like you said, yeah. we, have, we have to get out of this, this matrix. Yeah.